I'm Erin Lawler-Patterson, the goodness chick. I'm an addictions counselor, motivational speaker, author, and parent coach. Join me on the journey of navigating the joys and pitfalls of life, addressing parenting, giving back, mental health, addiction, and relationships. If it takes a village, then join me as one of those villagers. Villagers wanted. So I'm really excited for today's guest. Angie Lee is with me today. And she is the host of the Millionaire in Yoga Pants podcast. Uh, I really admire her, her outlook on life, um, kind of grabbing life by the collar and just rocking it out and living authentically and intentionally. Our paths crossed a number of months ago where I um, had the privilege of taking her mastermind course um, that really had a hand in kind of where my next chapter in life is leading me. And one of the reasons why not only me admiring her and inviting her to be a guest today, but just really... Um, how she she approaches life. And I believe there's different types of people in life. And many of us who have different callings. And I believe that absolutely there's many, many, many people who are, who are intended on going to college, who are, um, their purpose is to rock out, whether it's 20, 25, 30, 35 years in their field, um, living it with purpose, living with intention, um, and, and passionate about what they're doing. But I also believe there are many others when we're in a society where in, in many forms, college is the norm. College is what is expected. Um, college, if you don't kind of go into that flow, you're kind of looked at differently. And it goes also with those who, um, in the workplace to be outside of kind of the nine to five, to be outside of doing something for 20, 25, 30 years. Um, it's different. And I believe that everybody, you know, we're not in a cookie cut cutter kind of world and we shouldn't be. So this is what today's episode's about, where I, I think we have so many young people who, um, at the, the end of the day, I don't know what else I'm going to do, so I'm just going to go to college, and where we have kids accruing crazy debt, we have people who get in the workplace and just kind of get stuck um, because it's not where they're intended to be. And so what I ask you today is no matter where you're at, kind of asking yourself, am I in a good place? Is this what I was supposed to be doing? Um, and, and I feel like when we, we take a level of allowing ourselves to be authentic, we allow ourselves to kind of take a step back and as this is where I'm supposed to be, it's amazing the different things that happen. And Angie is an, entre Angie is an entrepreneur who went out on her own, but not without a whole lot of legwork, working her hiney off um, to get what she wanted. But she was absolutely judged um, for what she did and, and took steps forward and was crazy trained successful. And with all things, I believe it's a choice that we have to make, um, whether we go forward with what we believe we're supposed to do or we stay put. And so this is kind of what today's episode is about. I, I hope you you not only dig it, but it kind of hits you and taking some time to think about where are you at? You know, where are you at and how are you living? And if you're in a good place, rock on. If not, maybe there's some things to evaluate. Hope you dig today's episode. Um, peace, love, and goodness, my friends. All right. So um, I am super duper stoked, Angie, to have you on my show today. Um, you are the um, the founder of the Millionaire in Yoga Pants, which is pretty much like the coolest name ever. Millionaire oh, yay. I'm glad you like the name change. <laughs> I do. I dig it because it just kind of, I think, um, embodies like, you know, you, you're successful, but you're granola and you're authentic. So you're chill, but you're cool, but you're down to earth. <laughs> well, you got it going and you're inspiring. So that's kind of like why, you know, um, one of a million reasons why I wanted to have you here today. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out Angie's um, podcast, Millionaire in Yoga Pants, dude, I seriously listen to it a few times a week on my drive into work. 
Um, but she, for me, has embodied what it means to be burning the box down when it comes to being a nonconformist. So Angie, mm. mazel tov, my friend, with that mazel stuff. I love it. Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. And I'm so grateful to be here. I, I got the opportunity to get to know you over the last few months. And you are, you're a gem. You're, you're awesome. So, and you just, you just light up every, every call. And I know it's, it's the same for the work you do. You just, you're a light. So I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, you know, as I think about like the, the thousands of kids and people, adults I've worked with over the years, we have so many people, like you have them kind of floating in your head who are just kind of feeling stuck. They're in this state of fear, stepping out of what's expected and into what I, I believe and you believe they're calling. So yeah. you have tons who feel like, I don't want to go to college, but I go to college because that's what's expected of me. But I sign on, or I sign on this dotted line at 20, 30, 40 years old to spend 30 years in the workplace with something I really don't feel aligned with. Um, but they thought that's what they had to do. So what advice do you have to lend to those people who kind of feel like they're being almost suffocated or herded into a direction that they don't necessarily want to go? Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite things to chat about because it's really scary to leave what society tells you you should mm -hmm. be doing. And I honestly believe it's a burn. It's almost like this feeling. And if you have this, you resonate with this. And if you don't, then you don't. And I don't think entrepreneurship and going off on your own path and being a fire starter is for everyone. I think if everyone was that the world would not work. So this exactly. is only supposed to resonate with who it's supposed to resonate with right now. But I knew since a young age that I wasn't meant to follow rules. I knew that I wasn't meant to be in a box. And I started to see school, especially as almost like this, <laughs> I almost see it as like this, uh, this scam, <laughs> right? Like people think like the certain types of companies are scams. I'm like, you know, what's a real scam in society college <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and going into debt for something that for some people they Crazy may need debt. it. Yeah. You might need it for some nursing for a nurse. If you want to be a nurse or a doctor or those specific things or a lawyer, but for a lot of people who have that very ambitious soul, it, it's not necessary. And if anything, it actually can be detrimental, not only financially, but it puts you back into a box. And I believe that school, in a sense, has really uh, turned people into employees. And I don't think that people who are entrepreneurs are able to really fit in that environment. I always felt really odd and I always felt like I was out. So if that is you, I think knowing that if after high school, you want to take some time to really see what else is out there and you have that burn and you have that calling. And I think God or whoever it is, whatever you believe in is sending that to only so many of us to say, Hey, I don't want you to follow the rules. I want you to go do something a little bit different. I want you to be a leader, not a follower. And it's, it's very scary because uh, when you're given that leadership role in life and when you're stepping into it, it's your responsibility to go through the growing pains then too, because yeah. you can't just be given this, this opportunity to be a leader and then say, Oh, it's really easy. This is great. I believe that you have the strength then to hold that heaviness and that weight of, of going through it. And it was really scary when I left because on paper, it seemed like the stupidest thing I possibly could have ever done. But I don't really like to judge life based on what's on paper. So. <laughs> but it was scary for you because I remember you, you talking about how you were, it's like your senior year of college and it's yeah. like, you're going to step away from this. Look at the debt. Look at where are you going to, what are you doing? And yeah. you did it. And so, I mean, there was fear involved, obviously. 
Yeah, I remember the moment where I had only a few semesters left and the counselor brought me into the office. I'll always remember the look of the room, the smell of the room, everything. And she said, Angie, you know, your grades are not that great. You either have to stay extra semesters, even after graduation, you have to redo chemistry class. Cause I was getting basically C's and B's. So I was doing okay, but I wasn't getting straight A's like all these other girls who were these science nerds in the dietetics program. And I started to feel really guilty about it, but then I realized, no, the reason I wasn't going to class or giving my best is because I was building my business and my energy and my attention was going there. I was literally taking client calls or sales calls or writing blogs like during tests, like horrible, horrible student. I was like sitting there on my computer and then filling in the, the bubbles and then like figuring stuff out. Just such a true entrepreneur. I was not there. I was so checked out that someone would be like, hey, there's a chemistry class or test tomorrow. And I was like, oh. God, what am I going to do? And I would just like cram and make stuff up. It was such a mess. And so she brought me in and she said, you're going to have to make a decision. I don't want to rush you though. You have 48 hours to decide. We only accepted so many women into this program. If you really want to leave, you do need to fill out all this paperwork. We're going to open the spot for someone else into this internship. What, what do you want to do? And I just remember sitting there looking around the room and just thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm just going to do it because I think if, if I don't, I'm always going to regret staying in this same place. And I knew that my parents knew I was a little, we call myself like this little tornado where I just kind of like make up the rules, do my own thing. I'm like this free little bird. And I knew they were going to support me regardless. And they don't really have a choice. I mean, once you're over 18, it's almost like, see you later. <laughs> so I remember sitting there and she said, okay, you, you have 48 hours to decide. I just grabbed the pen and I signed it. And she looked at me like, are you are you crazy? You've worked so hard to be in here. You only have a little bit left. Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you going to do? And I just said, I, I don't know what it is fully, but I just know I'm not supposed to be here. And I went down the elevator and I literally felt probably one of the best moments of my life. This sense of, I think I lost a hundred pounds in that moment. Just like, Oh my God, I'm free. I remember walking out the door and it's really weird. Maybe you students listening or obviously anyone listening who's graduated or your last day, regardless if you decided to leave or you actually finished, it's a really weird feeling because you're like, whoa, no homework, no class, no expectations. What do I do now? And so it almost felt a little scary too. It was like, oh my God, this is real. Life just got real. Mm -hmm. Life got real. And I kind of freaked out, but then I was like, all right, now it's fun. Now this is a game. And it's weird. I've I've known, I know I was born to be an entrepreneur when the thought of me leaving that and having that excess of freedom felt more safe and at home for me than the feeling of knowing Tuesday, you have this class at this time. That felt really scary to me. The feeling of, all right, now let's play this game. I'm good at the game of life. I wasn't good at the game of school. So let's play. And I, I just, I just am so grateful I made that decision because I think I would have been trapped for another year and made different decisions mm-hmm. that wouldn't have led me to where I am. And I'm just super grateful that I grabbed the pen and just made the decision right there. I was a very quick gut decision. And I just said, regardless of what happens, you'll figure this out. And I just knew that the way that the world was really transitioning, that we do live in this really weird time now where unless you are a nurse or a lawyer or something where they do need to see documentation, the world's changed. You know this with, with bachelor's degrees. I mean, we almost live in a world where it doesn't always matter anymore. Even if you have one, there could be someone else who knew somebody. So that's how they got the position. There's people who are now obviously being self-starters and doing contract work. Things have changed so much, even in the last seven years that I kind of anticipated that I wouldn't ever need it anyway. So I was like, all right. And I remember telling my mom on the phone, I called her and I said, I just did something crazy. And she's like, I already know. I have a feeling this phone call would come one day. And she's like, Angie, go fly. Like, go be your bird self. Go do what you want to do. Set the world on fire. And I said, 
you know, and I don't really ever want to work for someone anyway. So if they ask me for the bachelor's, I'm going to have to, I don't, I don't want to ever be in that situation anyway. So this is great. This will work out. <laughs> she's just like, she was like, Oh God. And she's like, all right, have a good day. And I remember thinking like, what do I do today? Like, this is crazy. I don't have class tomorrow. Like it was insane. Cause it was like a Tuesday afternoon, super impulsive. And my brother's a little different. He's more, had really good grades, went to Notre Dame, always kind of followed the rules and did the right thing. And my parents definitely had the polar opposites of the good child who got the straight A's and then me who within, I don't know, a few hours of first grade came home on the bus early and told my mom in the kitchen that school was a jail <laughs> and I wanted to leave jail. <laughs> so that's me in a, in a cliff notes. I am just like, I was that kid. I blessed my mom and my dad. I would come home at like eight years old and be like, mom, I don't want to go back to jail tomorrow. She's like, it's not jail. What are you talking about? Isn't it fun? I'm like, no, I like talking to the kids, but I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to do homework. <laughs> and oh, so I really, hours a day. yeah, I mean, it could absolutely, yeah. and the bells and everything. I think, yeah, yeah of course, school sure. teaches you discipline and social skills and all of the beautiful things too, if done right. But there's a lot of it that could be fixed and, and mm -hmm. really shifted. And I think that there's topics that need to be discussed in school, but they don't like, Hey, balancing a checkbook and real life things, but they don't. And so there's, there's some flaws of course, but I guess it did teach me social skills, of course, and some dedication. But a lot of that I've learned honestly through entrepreneurship, Entre entrepreneurships, as you know, it's, it's the best personal development. I, I couldn't learn what I've had to learn about finances and money and promoting myself, all these crazy things that came really fast. I've had to learn that. And nobody, nobody taught me that in a book. That was just yeah. like, wow, this is real. So that's me in a cliff notes of leaving, <laughs> burning the bridge burning, or burning the box, burning the box. The box. <laughs> well, you, what did your brother have to say when you, when you told him like you were stepping away from school, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you, you talk yeah. about him, he's like a professional fighter. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been, you, both of you guys working your butts off. And like, it was interesting. Yeah. He, he's a mix of both. So he, and I have a new business we're starting. So he is entrepreneurial, but I think he also likes to play it a little bit safe. He always wants to have the plan B and have things a little bit more ironed out. And so he said, you know, I, I get, I know you hate it. I know it's not for you. I get it, but just, just finish it out. Just finish what you started. You just kind of, you know, go ahead, do the right thing and just finish what you started. And I, I never had that sense of feeling like I owed anyone that I was like, no, I'm paying to be in these classes. Like I could leave whatever I want. And so he's my mom. I'm my dad. And so it's very funny. And he, he, he was like, wow, I think he had this sense of my little sister is just going to do what she's going to do. And she's been like that since she was little. So no, nobody could tell me to finish through, to finish it. I was just so checked out. And so I remember calling him and he was like, oh God, <laughs> he's like, you are crazy. I'm like, I know. He's like, well, what happens if you want to go back and be a dietitian one day and work in a hospital? I'm like, I don't. And if I'm at that place, I'll do something else because I, I don't think my truest self really wants to do that. And so that wouldn't be honoring me. And I'm here on this planet to honor fully who I am and live and express that. I'm not here to do what I think would look nice to do on paper. So my parents are proud. There's a huge difference. And that's where we get stuck. And I think a lot of children or young adults are getting it's stuck. stuck. Is, right. We're living up to expectation. And so I thought, look at me, I got all A's and then my dad will be proud and I'll be a dietitian and I'll work in a hospital 70 hours a week and make 30k a year and don't be able to hate my life and be broke but don't worry I'll look good for my parents right and then you wake up one day and you realize I have to live this life for me I am part of them but this is still right. my own life I'm my own human I'm on my own journey and almost cutting that umbilical cord was really hard but really powerful and I, I do believe that for a large period of our life up until about 21 22 23 we're really living for them 
I think we are up maybe up until 30. Sometimes we're living for what we, we think they want us to do. Mm -hmm. So we can come home with a piece of paper and say, look, I'm a doctor or look, I'm perfect. But inside some of us are like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And well, so isn't that of so true? It's like that stirring that it's like, this is what, you know, I think I'm supposed to do. I mean, yeah. I've been now like in, in the addiction field for 16 years. I love it. But about two years ago, I started, it's like this, the next chapter, it's time. And so like on paper, it's like, what are you, that's insane. But that internal knowing like, this is not what I'm supposed to do anymore. And, and whether, you know, you have a high school kid, a college kid, or somebody who's been in the workplace, I'd say 20 years, I, I think as long as we have a pulse, it's never too late. And I do think entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but if yeah. you're in a place and you're passionate about it for 30 years, I say rock on. But if you feel kind of like that pause button stuck um, and it's like that stirring, it's okay to take that leap. But what I want to say is like with you, you weren't just, I signed on the dotted line and I pieced how many years and how much yeah. time was invested beforehand. You know, it wasn't like light switch, what up? You know, I'm, you know, this is awesome success. It takes time and yeah. tears and fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. It took a long time. And I, I noticed what was happening is, um, I would be on client calls, coaching calls for my online business and my eBooks and my programs that were starting up. I was on those calls while I was in a chemistry test and I was, I would be out in the hallway and I, I love how I'm like whispering, like this teacher is going to hear like, guys, guys, he might be on this podcast, but uh -huh. I would, I would be like, I have to go to the bathroom for like the fifth time. And I would be like, yeah, okay, Becky. So I'll call you back. And it just got, I was literally managing both. And that's how I knew like, this is, this is over. I'm out. And I also want to mention that I didn't leave to go sit on the couch all day, play video games and smoke right. weed. Obviously my mission was to leave, to go create something and be a business owner. And so mm -hmm. whether this is a parent listening or a, a child, my parents understood that I was an ambitious soul. I wanted to go create things and be free. I didn't want to do it because I just didn't want to follow rules and just sit at home all day and play video games. I think there is a huge difference between why is your child leaving if they want to leave or not going? Do they want to use that time to travel the world first, intern, start a business? There's a difference between a child wanting that versus mom, I just don't want to go so I could do nothing with my life. No, they knew that I was passionate and driven. So they were, they were okay. Then they knew she'll figure it out. Cause she's always figured everything out. She's fine. It wasn't me wanting to drop out for anything negative. It was just really, I wanted to fly and <laughs> be free. <laughs> and you felt held back. So like if someone's listening, whatever age they're right now, and it's like, I'm feeling that like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And they're supposed to, what, what two things that you would kind of like get advice you would give them? Yeah. One is to find someone doing what you would love to do. And this is unofficial interning, mentorship. Mm -hmm. I would email a lot of women who I looked up to. I really had this passion to be an author. I remember when I was starting um, when I was starting high school and then again in college. So I would find authors and I would write them and say, hey, how did you become an author? And I would just randomly email these women and I was just reaching yeah. out to people. And sometimes they write back and they say to you, and hey, you want to come check out my office or check out what I do? And I would email reporters when I wanted to get into broadcast journalism. I really think that as a child, it's, it's, it's a great time to be bold and tenacious and ask and say, Hey, what is it you do? I would love if a young girl one day emailed me and said, I would love to shadow you. I mean, obviously I'm at home all day in my PJs, but it would be, it would feel really good to know, Hey, a young girl wants to see what is it like to start an online digital business? And what, what, what do you do all day? And how does it work? How do you manage it? And I think we're afraid to do that. And I remember being really terrified to send those emails or to make that phone call or to ask for that connection. But the only way to know if you're going to love something is to first see someone else doing it and see what that lifestyle is like. Cause we have this vision in school of what being a doctor or being a nurse or 
being a consultant is going to be, but until you've really seen someone go through it, you don't know. So my advice for choosing a career is to really go see what it's like. I wish after high school, we had this thing in the States where it was required that for two or three years, you had to go intern and travel a bit and see what jobs were actually like, not just on paper of what your counselor said it's going to be like and be all cute and perfect and see that. And then you can make your decision and invest money into some sort of additional education or course. And I also would suggest to start seeing education is not just through institutions. Education can also be going to a Tony Robbins conference. It can also be going to a business conference. It could be taking an online course, obviously. I'm a huge fan of learning through through mentorship. So really start realizing that the internet has provided us with so much knowledge and information. Podcasts, they're free. You can learn more in 80 hours of a podcast sometimes than in a class through one specific institution of San Diego State or whatever school. So really realize that just because my education stops somewhere through an institution doesn't mean I'm not still a student. I am always a student. I love learning. I love being a student. And what I realized is it wasn't an issue of me hating being a student. It was an issue of, I didn't like it in that specific setting. I wanted to do it on my terms and learn from multiple different teachers and go to conferences and have mentors and do courses and read books and podcasts. I wanted to do it differently. So realizing there's no shame in taking in education in a different way. And I know you're a fan of travel. Travel can be a form of educating yourself and being a student. So realize that if the one institution you're at isn't ideal, that's okay. Realize that there's other ways to be this student of life. And you just, you've got to mentor and see what other people are doing and and find someone who has your ideal job and say, what what would she's doing? I want to do what she's doing. What would that look like? What would that path look like? And I think sometimes it gives you insight because we can sugarcoat what we think something is. And like when it's the, okay, so you're, you know, in your, your PJs, but, but you're busting your butt. Right. Mm-hmm. And do, you know, you work hard, you have different hours, it's juggling. And that's for some people, but it's not for everybody, yep. you know, and yep. I've had people who've like shadowed me, um, as a counselor and it's like, uh, no, like it looked awesome. And then it's like, what do you do? You know, to now what, what I'm going to be doing with podcasting and talking, yeah. you know, nothing I think that's worth fighting for is easy. And yeah. so when it's like, you look at, you know, what do you really want to do when you got one shot in life and, and just ringing the heck out of it. And I say good on you for really essentially staring fear in the face and, yeah. t- and how many people don't with whatever capacity that is, yeah. you know, I think it's big time and it could be crippling and, and, you know, people listening to you might be like, well, dude, she's has squished fear. It's not a factor anymore. What are, what are some fears yeah. that you still kind of grapple with? Mm. No one really oh, no, asked. <laughs> yeah, no one really asked me that. That's amazing because I love talking about fear. I'm a huge fan of squashing fear and managing fear and fears in the back seat and really playing with fear, dancing with it. It's always still there to some extent. It's always there. I don't think the goal is to be fearless. I actually hate that word fearless. All these books that are like fearless. It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's definitely still there. It's just not the lead. It's not right. the the star of the show. He's in backseat he's not in the in the passenger seat and really playing with it staring at it dancing with it and then what happens is you really start to create a relationship with fear in which you've made this pact where every time you do decide to work with him and go it actually is more powerful because you've got a little bit of fire in your belly and he he keeps things interesting and spicy (laughs) and you actually get addicted to that partnership of hey let's go try this other thing that may seem kind of crazy on paper but it would be fun because remember last time we did something together it ended up being really good okay let's do it again and so you kind of sickly get addicted to doing things you're afraid of and like i have an event coming up 
part of me is like, I should just cancel it because what if I step up on stage and just fall on my face and everything's over and I spent all this money and you know, the little fear gremlins are like, what if you suck? What if no one shows up? It, just crazy yeah. stuff. And then I'm like, okay, okay, that's stupid. No, you really want to do this. You really want to do this. Okay. Okay. It's this back and forth conversation over and over and over. And you know, with a book, it's like, I shouldn't write this. This is stupid. Who's going to read this? I don't know. And then oh, but I really want to write this. I really want to write this. No, you shouldn't do it. You suck. It's this conversation and it never ends regardless of how successful you are. So people listening, it's not like one day you wake up and you're like, whew, man, no more fear gremlins. That's good. (laughs) I think they hit you at all stages. So right now, a lot of mine are um, the shoe drop syndrome almost of can life really get this good? Or what if I just lose it all? Or what if I can't live up to the expectation that I, that I hold for myself or my job is very energy rich. So what if I can't bring all the energy of myself to everyone forever? And those are kind of my internal fears right now that I'm processing as a leader, to be honest, is how can I uh, increase my energy so that I can bring more to others? And what if one day I'm not able to bring that energy, but it's, it's kind of like these, this little monkey chatter that I know is bull bull crap, but at the same time, it doesn't mean I don't hear it. (laughs) And I think when you reach a level of success, all of a sudden, then you're afraid of what if I don't have it? And you're like, you, you always think once you have it, you'll be fine. But then you think, what if I don't, and how will I maintain it? And it's, there's still fear that comes up. The hamster in the wheel kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And then knowing, even yesterday I was telling my, my boyfriend that moving into a new home and all of these things, I said, you know, what's funny is I'm feeling some upper limit right now. He's like, what is, what is that? And I'm like, okay, it almost is this warm feeling in your chest. where like, okay, something bad is about to happen. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's this feeling where when life gets really, really good, you think a shoe is going to drop because life right. can't get this good. Right. But then I just allowed myself to just feel really, really good. And just like, just feel as good as I wanted to feel and say, it's okay. Life can be amazing. It can feel really good. It doesn't mean something really bad is going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> and we deal with this as humans because in the big leap by Gay Hendricks, he says that we're conditioned and programmed for the lowest common denominator. We're programmed to think, oh, something good just happened. Shoot, I should probably mess up something else to self-sabotage, which is so weird. Why can't we just keep riding that good feeling? It's yeah, crazy. That's interesting, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Super duper true. Yeah. So fear, fear still exists. And I think sometimes... You know, I, I think in terms of the aspect of mental health and who we are as humans, we can kind of self-sabotage where it's like, okay, we know what we're capable of, but I'm not going to take that step, but I'm scared. And this is where I do think sometimes we self-medicate ourselves. And whether that's with toxic relationships, whether that's with alcohol, pills, weed, whatever. And so I'm a huge um, fan of natural highs because I feel like when you get your stoke on in life, it allows you to get your stoke on in life and kind of get the endorphins going. It makes fear, I think, a little bit less um, the enemy and it allows you to, I think, just have a fuller experience of life. So, with you, what are some of your, like, do you have any natural highs that you get stoked oh. about in life? Good question. Oh, I love it. What are my natural highs? Oh, man. I would say speaking. Okay. Is a natural high, of course. Podcasting is a little bit of a high for me, of course. Right now, this is a high because I one, I'm interacting with another human, and two, I'm expressing things that mean something to me. And I hope this message resonates with someone. And I get kind of a high thinking about this helping someone. So I have found high, obviously, in my work. I wouldn't do what I do unless I had some sense of this this pleasure or this high from it. Um, obviously, exercise and working out. I. I love being really silly and goofy. Like that's my favorite is just dancing around and being weird. But I would say it's human connection and hearing from hearing from students or hearing from women. That that really fills my purpose cup too is feeling this sense of what I do matters and it's giving back and, and it's changing at least one person's day. Um, what else? That's crazy to think of. 
Oh, yoga for sure. Yoga has been like this amazing natural high for me lately. Being upside down when your blood. I'm impressed, when, man. I say kudos. Yeah. I when, <laughs> when it goes upside down. I would fall over. <laughs> yeah. When, um, when you're in yoga and you do headstands, it's proven that it actually helps with depression, anxiety, right. brain health, a lot of those things. So I try to do inversions at least a few times a week. And it is definitely a rush to the brain right after you've been upside down. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of obviously natural health and I'm very against medication and all of those things. So I'm always trying to either heal or find things that make me feel happy or relaxed or energized without utilizing an external source because I don't want to ever be reliant on that. I do believe as humans, we have everything inside of us to be happy. We have all of those chemicals. We have the serotonin. We have the dopamine. We do have it. We just don't know how to sometimes get it moving or we've suppressed it so much through drugs and alcohol and horrible management of stress that they're not firing in our brain. But at your, at your purest state, I do believe as humans, we're meant to be really, really happy and, and truly joyful. But sometimes those chemicals are just imbalanced for a bit. Right. Yeah. And it, we get, yeah, I think can kind of get dull or numbed and it, then that's where it's easy, I think, to resort to things that aren't good for us. And that's like a thousand different things. And so the natural highs, you know, definitely big believer in, but here's a question. I'm not sure if you've ever been asked before. Do you have a bucket list? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> things I talk with kids about, and I, I actually have in my next book talking about how like finding different ways, and it could be whatever. I don't like to like put caps on anything that like before you die or before you're, you know, 30 or before you're 40 or 50, it's kind of that edge. I know, I remember when I was 18 in high school, one of the things that they threw out as a teacher was like, I want something on your bucket list before you're 50. And I'm like, dude, that's like super old. Okay. And now I'm 40. And when I was 18, it was, I want to hit 50 countries. I want to visit 50 countries before I'm 50. And that was, I was 18. Mm -hmm. I'm now, I just turned 40 and this summer I'll hit 50, you know, which is yeah. kind of wild, but like those different things that give you that kind of yeah. push and, and like, we'll say again, like stoke, um, yeah. life, like for you, I mean, I even think about like, you know, you, you, you know, go back to you in Chicago and, and I'm not giving you your bucket list, but you know how you have this, how, and like you're in, you're in California and your, your yoga fest, 2018 and all these things, <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's, you know, like just different things that you've been able yeah. to check off your list. Yeah. Ooh, bucket list, bucket list. It's funny when you say that, because what comes to me isn't traveling. I'm not necessarily a travel junkie. Uh, maybe one day in my life I will be. Right now I'm not. It's funny that mine are more, they're more impact and then family-based. So family-based, I can't wait to be a mom and also have a successful business, have a huge, beautiful home for my family, have my mom there. Like it's more of a vision for the style of life that I want on my bucket list. And then for impact, my vision is to sell out stadiums and sell out books and just wow. use this power and this gift of communication and in the next 10 years, see where it goes and um, be the next Tony Robbins, even though I don't want to use his name. But it's, it's interesting. That's more of my vision that I would love to see through and that why I keep doing what I do. I can't wait to one day just be on a stage and say, wow, I can't believe I brought together all of these humans. And I can't believe that I'm able to facilitate something like this. It's not even me. It's someone else, right? But like to bring together that energy and to be able to hold that space, like that is what I really just want to do. And so for me, that is, I guess, my my bucket list. It's, um, 
it's pretty simple, but at the same time, it's going to be a lot of work and time, but I need to add more fun, weird, goofy things to it. Here's, here's my problem. I'm not like, I'm a baby. Like I hate roller coasters. I hate being in the dark. I, I went like scuba diving. I hated it. I freaked out. Like I'm such a baby with that stuff. So maybe, you know what is on my bucket list? On my bucket list is to not be a baby about that stuff. <laughs> Well, not a baby. Everybody has different, you know, things that they get freaked out with. I mean, yeah. like I, I jumped out of an airplane and I'm still seriously, I'm scared of heights. I climb up a ladder and I'm like, I'm going to fall, you know? So it's like, oh but everybody's got their different bucket list. And I do think sometimes oh God, we think so about scary. like travel and it doesn't, it can be anything. And I think about you, you know, like, you know, five months ago, I, I go back to my life where I had these different things in my head. And then I stumbled on your podcast and your website and it, it's so cool I've watched you, you know, use your voice to change people's lives, mm -hmm. you know, and how cool that is. That's so like, you know, at some point you will have those stadiums filled. Yeah. You already do globally, you know, yeah. through your podcast. And, and, and yeah. I think like, man, life is so short and to be able to leave an imprint on people's hearts. That's one of my things on my bucket list. You're already doing that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you know, taking that step, like you were one of the catalysts in me oh. leaving my job yeah. and going around the world for 10 months you know, and, and doing speaking and podcasts. So you're doing it. And it, what yeah. a beautiful thing that is because it, it yeah. is it's family, it's life, it's color. And yeah. it's just pushing and pushing. Yeah. And, and I it's say staying consistent. Yeah, it is. It's staying yeah. consistent because it's easy to be inconsistent. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing to hear that people left their job. And I was a catalyst for the exit because it's funny when I get random texts from friends I haven't seen in a while or talked to, they'll say, Hey, I just left my job and uh, you were pretty much the reason. And I'm like, tell me people quit their job since 1990. It's so funny because my friend's like, yep, I went and told my boss. I thought of you the whole time. I'm like, this is, this was not intentional people. I don't want any bosses calling me, but I'm also like, all right. And I was with, who was it? My brother one time. And they're like, do you feel bad that you're inspiring all these people to like quit their jobs? And I'm like, no, because I know that that she probably needed that. And honestly, the worst thing will happen. She can always go back. So no, I'm not worried yeah. that I ruined her life. I'm worried that if she would have stayed, it would have ruined her Well, life. and that's the thing too. It's not like you're pushing people, but you do it in a healthy way where it just, yeah. like, you, you got to have a game plan. It's not like, yo, I quit peace, you know, and then you're eating ramen noodles and you're like hitchhiking. Like this isn't, it's about having a game plan. I think with anything in yeah. life, being responsible, but living in an authentic way that you know, I, I, when I handed my resignation letter to my boss, it was like, it was hard, you know, man, the, the years and, but it was what I needed to do. And so like, yeah. when we take that step, no matter what age you are, I think, dude, the payoff's worth it. So yes, you've, you, you have inspired people, but ultimately it's their decision and it's their decision to be consistent and to yeah. be on fire and to find the people around them to stay on fire. You yeah. know, it's almost like build the net and that's your planning. That's the idea. And it may change. The net may be a different color format. Who knows? Get out of the house. So build the net. But then you actually have to jump and trust that that net is going to be there. So that trust process is what we're scared of. But to feel a little bit more safe, yes, create a net. Have somewhat of an idea or some clarity. But be open to when you jump, it might be a backflip. It might be a sprint. It might be a flop. Who knows, right? Because our vision, my vision even, is going to change the next 10 years. So I have this vision now. But it might look a little bit different and I'm okay with that. I'm like, Hey God, it's cool. Whatever you want it to look like or what form it's going to take. That's fine. But you know, my intent, you know what I want to do. And if that's books and podcasting, it is, if it's just events, it is. I mean, who cares what it looks like as long as I'm utilizing voice and helping people, I don't really care. We're just searching for feelings anyway. So get out of the how I think that's important to let people know who are switching jobs or leaving school or want to leave, get out of the how just know, Hey, I know my net is somewhat 
looking like. I know what my intent is. And you're not doing this alone. And this isn't just to get all woo-woo, but you're co-creating all of this. We're really not alone. I do believe that when you jump like that, there is someone or something, an energy, a God, whatever behind you saying, hey, let's do this together because I'm going to congratulate you for jumping a little bit. I'm going to jump in your backpack. <laughs> We're going to go. He's like hanging out in your backpack. That's how I see it. And he's like jumping with you. He's like, oh. <laughs> so I think, I don't think we're doing it alone. And if we are, that's really sad, but I really don't yeah, think we are. I'm not yeah. super religious, but I'm definitely very spiritual. And I do believe that we're, we're here for a purpose and I don't think we're alone. And if we were, that would be insane because I, I just, I just don't think it. I think that whenever, whenever you make a decision, there is someone or something co-creating it with you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, this is, I mean, on my end, with my decisions, I, something I've been praying about and something I feel confident and at peace about. I think peace is a big thing that, you know, God directed me for 14 years to be a drug and alcohol counselor. And now the new chapter, I don't know where exactly it's leading. Yeah. It, it's, it's a new time for a new path. And I, and, and to have that peace and confidence is pretty cool, you know, but it is, a, and it is scary. And I think if we just, we get caught in living with the pause button on in life, it's kind of a scary thing. That's scarier for me than like walking wow. away from stability where I'm not totally at peace anymore. And yeah, so, because the pause button probably started to feel a little monotonous and numb mm-hmm. and you wanted to feel something almost. You wanted to feel risk again. You wanted to feel a little bit of that sensation of movement and, and yeah. taking action and jumping. You probably wanted to just jump a little bit because jumping is yeah. also fun. I mean, it's movement. And, and when we're sitting still a little bit and if you're at that job you've been doing for a long time, you already know what the outcome is going to be. So you know that the only way to change the outcome is to change where you currently are. Yeah. And that's what you said to yourself is why not? I'm already maybe in my worst case scenario. I can always circle back to it, but if I don't veer out and try a new path, I will always be in this, in this one path. And that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> it does. It's very yeah. scary. And we did. And I, so I say good on you for, for inspiring people with that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for, for those of you guys that are listening and if you, you know, you're in a good place and you are where you're supposed to be, I say rock on with your passion. But if you're yeah. feeling that stirring, I, I say use this time to kind of reevaluate where you're at. You know, yeah. finding that somebody you want to shadow, writing some things down, who you're surrounding yourself with is so important. But know that there's power um, in your voice and in your decisions. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and if you have not, which I don't know why you wouldn't have already checked out, you know, Angie's um, podcast, which I dig millionaire in yoga pants. I say rock on subscribe, check it out. And I I appreciate you guys taking the time. Angie, thank you for joining. Oh, yay. Thank you. And yeah, my, my name of my event is pays to be brave. And I think that kind of sums up this, this whole powerful discussion of it always pays off to be brave. I do believe, I don't think there's any situation where myself or someone has said, man, it didn't pay off to be brave and to take that risk. Never. So that's really something to keep in mind is that it will always, it will always pay off somehow. And thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. I hope they love it. I love you. I love everything you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. And uh, peace, love and goodness, my friends. And Angie, thank you. Yes, of course. Uh, Stop recording. If you enjoyed today's show, I encourage you to subscribe to Goodness Chicks Podcast and pass it along to your friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day. Thank mm-hmm. you.